Hey, theater people, Patrick here. Happy 2016. Last week, as some of you know, was our two-year anniversary. In that time, we've brought you conversations with Lin-Manuel Miranda, Laura Benanti, Laura Osnes, Norm Lewis, Renee Elise Goldsberry, and so many more. So far, we've produced 57 episodes, and we're just getting started, theater people. In coming weeks, we're bringing you interviews with Megan Hilty, Betsy Wolf, and other theater superstars we can't tell you about yet. We have just one thing to ask of you in return. Stop what you're doing right now, head over to iTunes, and review us. If you like what we're doing, tell us on iTunes. Every review helps our ranking, and the better our ranking, the easier it is for other theater people to find us. Give us the number of stars you think we deserve, and write a quick sentence, I love it, or it's great, is all we're asking for. That's it. Take a quick second and do it right now. The amazing Beth Malone will be here when you get back. Yeah. I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm Celia Keenan-Bolter. This is Queen Leslie. I'm Robin DeJesus. I'm Erin Davey. Hi, this is Ellen Marie Marsh. I'm LaShawn. I'm Telly Leung. Hi, I'm Eden Espinosa. I'm Laura Osnes. I'm Katie Finnerin. Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins. I'm Karen Olivo, and you are listening to the Theatre People Podcast. Hello, fellow theatre people. Welcome to the Theatre People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. You guys, there is no other way to say this. Today's guest, the Tony-nominated Fun Home star, Beth Malone, has cast a spell on me. Seriously, I am crazy about her. I've talked on the podcast before about how, as a gay man who grew up with a lesbian mother, I always felt a sort of kinship with Fun Home, the book. When I heard there was going to be a musical based on it, I just thought, how? But then I learned that it was going to be written by the brilliant Janine Tesori and Lisa Crone, and I knew, of course, that it would be perfect, and of course it is. But still, there was something about seeing the show up on its feet, the characters brought to life, that shook me, for lack of a better way to say it. Beth, as the grown-up Allison, I don't think ever leaves the stage. Her performance is at once intense and vulnerable, sarcastic, and so completely honest. You literally cannot take your eyes off her, even when she isn't doing anything. I was so excited to get the chance to talk to her about this groundbreaking show and what it has meant to her to help bring it to life. Here's our conversation. I can't find my way through just like you. Am I just like Hi Beth Malone? Hi, good morning. Oh my goodness, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. Welcome I met you exactly one minute ago. I know. <laughs> it's weird how close we've become. I feel I very close to you very now. Me too. Let's take a let's travel together. Where do you let's go? I would like to go back to Europe with you. Me too. I would like to go to Italy. That sounds great. There's a place in Ireland I want to go. There's a dark spot on the earth in Ireland what where does that you mean? can you can see the most stars. It is one of the designated dark spots on the earth. I've never heard of this. There are like six of them and you can go there. Um, I have to admit that I've been a little obsessed with you in the last like couple of weeks. Uh-oh. So like, I don't know if like my Twitter has been like sort of blowing up your Twitter. I saw you on the street a few weeks ago and I was like, I just saw Beth Malone on the street. And then I went home. So I, I'm obsessed with Fun Home. We've had Janine on the show. We've had Michael on the show. We've had Lisa. We've not had her interview air yet, but we, we've interviewed her for the show. And I'm obsessed with Fun Home. Like obsessed, obsessed. If I wasn't in it, I'd be obsessed with it. Totally. I've seen it a hundred times. And um, I went home that day and I put on your telephone wire. Yeah. You know? And I was just listening to it with my daughter who's 18 months old. I was like giving her dinner and bawling my eyes (laughs) out. 
And your daughter was like, Daddy's having a crisis. She was like, Dad, what is hash? She's so used to it. She's like, oh, the musical theater's on. Here comes the water. Oh, here comes the turn. <laughs> exactly. Oh um, so anyway, so I've been like tweeting about how obsessed I am with you. So it's so that. nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you, too. Welcome it's to nice podcast. to meet Because, you know, when people are tweeting, it's like you just have no concept totally. of who they are. Yeah. So totally. I don't know. I don't know. I, I barely know how Twitter works. I but need I'm to. Like, yeah. I had to learn it for this little podcast. Oh. And I know. It's the weirdest thing. Um, well, let's get into it. Okay. So before we talk about um, Fun Home, I wanted to mention that in doing my research about you, we just did an interview with Dick Scanlon last week, mm-hmm. and he was talking about Unsinkable Molly Brown mm-hmm. at Denver City Center, is that right? Denver Center Denver Theater. Center Theater. Mm-hmm. And he, so it was directed by Kathleen Marshall, yeah. and he rewrote the book and some of the lyrics, and it was starring you as Molly yes, Brown. Yes, it was. I know very little about that show. Will you tell us a little bit about what you were, you were doing it in between the off-Broadway run of, of Fun Home and the Broadway run, is that right? That's right. And how did that come to you, and how was that? Well, it came to me through an audition. Um, my friend Heather Lee is always on the lookout for projects that are, you know, Beth Malone friendly, <laughs> which is like it requires a certain je ne sais quoi, let's say. <laughs> somebody who is strong and athletic and scrappy. Let's use yeah. the euphemism scrappy. I love that word. So, um, so, she, you know, I had done Anna Get Your Gun with her a few years ago. Anyway, so she saw this casting notice go out. And ever since she had done Anna Get Your Gun with me, she was like, you got to do Molly Brown. Someone's got to do Molly Brown for you because nobody does it. Because yeah. the book is kind of a wreck. The old book is sort of non-existent. I mean, it's really, really not good. And yeah. I don't think anybody would, would say it's good except for maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda's dad who's obsessed with it, <laughs> who I love. And then I love him for being obsessed with it. Totally. But, like, as a piece of actual, uh, you know – Literature, it is it's poo poo. Yeah. So, um, so Dick Scanlon had been asked to rewrite it several times, and had always, you know, kind of visited the material. And I'm sure he told you this. We did. We only barely oh. talked about it. Well, he was like, ugh. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then, you know, at some point, like, I don't know, something clicked for him and he was like, yeah, I think yes. So he um, did a pat. He took a pass at it. And, uh, you know, he got Meredith Wilson's mm-hmm. um, estate to OK all kinds of changes and things like that. So it is it is it is a wholly rewritten version of the Molly Brown tale and, but it has the best songs from the original are still in there, but sometimes they're used differently. Yeah. You know, so they go at a subject matter from a different um, point of view. And then he took some trunk songs, some Meredith Wilson trunk songs, and threw them in there. Oh, and wow. also rewrote lyrics to some trunk songs. And it, it really is sort of like a patchwork of Meredith Wilson and Dick Scanlon mind. Um, all based on like more factual, real, real facts of, of Molly Brown, Margaret Brown's uh, life. And for people who don't know, Molly Brown, like you think of Kathy Bates from Titanic. She was the woman who like survived the sinking of the Titanic, right? And she became she had married. Uh, well, you you can JJ Brown. So she was, you know, she she moved from Missouri up to Leadville, Colorado, because they, you know, because really. Her brother was up there, but this is the fact. It's kind of like, um, you know, our show still, still, you know, tips our hats to the facts, but also sticks close to what musical theater fans are going to want to see. And it really is like about a, a rags to riches story about a woman who is just the whip smartest person in any room she walks into. Really, really um, tenacious and positive and never 
met a person she didn't like, that kind of person. Like, she really just was a whirlwind of, uh, she was a force of nature, and she just, she was a self-made person. And, you know, that little episode on the Titanic when she's like, that's based on fact. Like, yeah. she took her son's tuxedo, and, and she took all of her belongings and, and doled them out to people who needed them on the Titanic. Plus, she spoke six languages, so she stayed on the Carpathia for three days after they docked oh and God. helped immigrants get, you know, and she started the, like, immigrant um, alliance for people because they were trying to send people back as soon as they got here because they didn't have their papers because their papers were at the bottom of the ocean right exactly so she started this thing i mean she was really quite something she really really was so wow it's amazing will this show have a more of a life do you think yeah i think it does have a future i think 2017 is the next time there's rumblings of some movement forward so um you know you'll see it in the future i, I would think will you be a part of it do you think i do think so but i you know who knows you know oh my God. it's hard to say but i do think i mean if dick scanlon has his way which i'm not sure he's gonna get his way yeah. so yeah. You, know, you never know <laughs> i don't know i love him and i love the piece and i had a blast doing it and it really is in my wheelhouse i have to say i yeah. mean there's not a lot of things where i could say yeah i've got this but like i mean i've got that I've yeah got it, you know how was it to be directed by kathleen marshall such a blast yeah. it was so much fun and she's you know she really just lets me be um as creative as I want to be, and then she kind of like shapes me and reins me in, and and or, you know, and encourages me to move in this direction or that direction. Plus, she's really physical because she's a dancer, so she let me be as physical as I wanted to be. I wanted to add like a wrestling match into the opening number, and she was like, "Let's do it!" And then oh I was like, god. "Oh my god, it's it's a mile high!" And, and so by the time I started, ain't down yet. I was always like literally seeing stars. I was like, <laughs> "I may pass out. I may pass out any minute, but I'm gonna start this song." This is uncharted territory. I mean, I really may pass out because, you know, I ran and ran and these guys tackled me and I dodged them and I ducked over this and I jumped over that and then I body checked this dude and then all of a sudden wow. I'm like wrestled, wrestled, wrestled to the ground and then I'm like, uncle, uncle, you know, and it was like, oh my God, just saying it is exhausting, but doing it at a, like a mile, I was nuts. Oh my god! I'm de- well, if you do that, if it if it happens, will you come back and talk to us about it? Oh, I love it! Oh my god, amazing! Um, I read something really interesting about, or at least I thought it was really interesting about your just personal story, which was that you moved to New York when you were 21. Yeah, was that right? Mm-hmm. And then you did the New York acting thing for like six months, and then you were like, hell no, and you left. Well, I mean, the, the, did you see my solo show? I did not. Oh, it's it's all in there. Oh, um, you know, what's it the, called? It's called Beth Malone So Far, and <gasps> I just did it at Joe's Pub. Oh my god, that's so cool! Really good, and it was fun. It was, um, you know two back-to-back shows on a Monday night. I uh, did, like, two weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, I'm still just recovering from it. Yeah, so. yeah. But it was really, really fun. It was sold out. Oh, and congratulations. It was just, like, insane. I'm going to do it again. So oh, yeah. Next well, time I'll do be there next time, for okay. sure. Well, I did. I, I, I came to New York a few times um, and just thought, okay, I'm going to come. I don't have an agent. I'm just going to do EPAs like a lot of people do. You know, it's like I'm going to give I'm going to give six months and uh, and then I got a job that took me out of town mm-hmm. at the end of that six months and I just didn't come back. Uh, what was the job? It was um, it was South Pacific oh. actually, but it was like ensemble. Yeah. But yeah. it was an equity job. I had my equity card and I was like, I'm going to take this job and I'm going to go do it and I'm not coming back because afterwards it was like yeah. You know, it was, Where did you it was go? Really hard. I mean, I was living I was living on 72nd Street. Mm-hmm. Um, on the east side, I was in between second and third, and um, I literally lived in my my roommate's closet. Like oh my, wow! My bedroom was above 
this like walk-in closet, there was a little loft they had put on top of the clothes, and I would climb up this little ladder and sleep on a mattress. It was really it's pathetic, New York, and you guys. I was paying four fifty, and I was working two jobs, and I was really, it was really, really quite miserable. Yeah, it was quite miserable. Yeah. So were you happy to get out? Oh hell yes! Yeah. Because I was from Colorado too. It was total culture shock at the time. Plus, I knew nothing. I had no life skills. Mm-hmm. Like I was like grocery shopping, laundry. <laughs> I literally was like, it was like a learning curve from hell. I was like, wow. So what brought you back? Um, you know, I just kept, like, for years I didn't come back. I mean, I came back a few years later and tried to do it again, and I stayed for, like, a year. And I just was, I got an agent at this time because I had been working regionally and got my, you know, got a resume. And so I came back and... Uh, you know, I just I couldn't book here. I was really I had zero confidence, and I just didn't have my shit together. I yeah. just didn't. I was a wreck. Like yeah. I was a ranch kid walking around in like Wranglers trying to go to auditions. I really, really the learning curve. I'm telling you, coming from Castle Rock, Colorado, to New York City, with really parents who had no idea. Like I was an anomaly in my family. It was like they didn't. Ha- I mean, theater. What? I mean, these, it was really like my own journey. It was like I found my people, and I left. You know. I was a hobbit, you know, yeah. living in w- with humans. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I had to start my own journey. And I, everything, I mean, I, every single thing I have, I, I got for myself. So I had to get it, and it took me a long time. It just yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you made your Broadway debut in 2006, is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, in Ring of Fire. Yes. How did that job come to you? Well, okay, I, uh, I, <laughs> I went to grad school at UC Irvine. Okay. So I had a master's degree in acting, and I moved up to L.A., and my wife and I bought a house, and we had a housewarming party. And it was this really, like, it was this really beater fixer house in the valley, and we got it for so cheap, and we're so lucky we got it then, because now, you know, it's like this amazing neighborhood. Do you still have it? Yeah, we still. Oh, my God. I know. It's like amazing. So we had this garage, and we had the the garage door rolled up, and it's a detached garage, and we had a karaoke machine in there, and we had a bunch of our friends come over, and one of a friend of a friend was... um, uh, a Broadway producer. Oh my god! <laughs> so I did this this crazy, you know, thing, and then two years later, I mean, like, or a year later, I got this. It was just one of those magic things because I was literally I was teaching high school deep, deep in North Hills. I was teaching high school at North Hills Prep, which is a non-public U- U- UCSD. No. You, uh, university? Wait, 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 uh, wait. What is it called? N- non-public? What is it? LA Unified School District. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, here I am teaching, um, you know, high school and really, really depressed and like going. Oh, well, I just don't know what my next step is. I just don't know. I don't think I had started booking commercials yet. Maybe I had. Maybe I had. Yeah, I guess I had. Um, but I was like living on commercials and teaching high school and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I guess this is what what's happening you know i just didn't really see any trajectory in which i would get to broadway anyway yeah yeah, you know it just wasn't happening but then this audition came and i went in with my guitar and i sing you know played a couple tunes with my guitar and sang and then they were like we'd like to fly to new york and i was like oh cool that's all right and i went out to my truck and i cried i like (laughs) cried i i remember holding onto my steering wheel just bawling in burbank on like Burbank Boulevard outside Madeline Clark Studios, which is, this, <laughs> you know, this like deep, deep in the valley going, oh my God. And then I went and I auditioned for it. And on the way back to the airport in the cab, they called and gave me the job. Oh my God. It was that fast. And then I went to Buffalo and we were rock stars in Buffalo, like people. 
stood up before the lights came down in Buffalo. And then, you know, it just never, it just didn't capture a New York audience at yeah. all. I mean, yeah. still there are regional productions of Ring of Fire out there and it's going, you know, it's still going and it's still, it's earning their money back still, which is good. Yeah. Because I think people took a bath, but, um, you know, here it just wasn't sophisticated enough for this audience. Yeah, it was that. only here for like a month or so. Right. God. So, th- so then that happens, and mm-hmm. then so that was 2006. It's 2000, I guess 14 or 13 when Fun Home comes to you. Right. What did you do in the interim? So I had several projects that I was like, oh, this is going to be my next thing. This is yeah. gonna, this is going to be my next thing. This is going to be my next thing. And one of them was um, I booked Sister Act, and I was oh. in the um, original like Pasadena and Al- Alliance, uh, you know, in Atlanta, and I was Sister Mary Robert. Uh huh. But I was, you know. In my 30s, mm-hmm. in my 30s at the time, or late 30s. And then, you know, as it moved forward, it it it's, it floundered for a few years. It, it kind of, like, lost momentum for a few years and sat um, until, you know, the major players changed at yeah. the top. And by the time it got, you know, traction again, I was 40. And yeah. I went back in for the nun that I had played, and they literally cast it with an actress literally 20 years younger than me. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I was like, really, literally, I was like, well, okay, I mean, I guess that's, <laughs> yeah. you can't really argue with that, but I was like, I can still do it. Come on, if I have it, what? But, um, exactly. Jesus doesn't care. He's fine with it. Right. And yeah. then there was this other project, and I had done, you know, NAMPT with it, and it was called The Breakup Notebook, and it was a lesbian rock musical. And Kevin McCollum optioned it, and wow. we thought, oh, my God, Kevin McCollum's going to produce it, and we're going to ride this thing, and it's going to be such a big smash hit, and it's going to be like this kind of like, you know, it was right on the heels of, um, you know, Avenue Q and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. So things mm-hmm. were sort of... Um, the theater was changing a little yeah, bit. There was, was like a was little like, bit more room for something than not so that's traditional. Right. So nature. I think he was thinking like, oh, I'm going to be really um, courageous. And then 2008 happened. Uh-huh. And then oh, the world right. crashed. I'm so. like, what happened in 2008? Oh, oh. I remember. Yeah, so, <laughs> the, uh, you know, anything risky um, yeah. went away. And this went away. And it had been a thing where I was like, oh, wow. Um, and then I, st- I did Wanderettes off Broadway, you uh-huh. know. So I came back and I did the Marvelous Wanderettes. But even as I was doing Marvelous Wonderettes, there were these two sort of things floating around in my in my future. I was like, oh, Broadway is in the future still. I know that um, I, I know that Sister Act's going to go forward, and I know I'm going to go with it. Yeah. And I know that Kevin McCullum is going to you know take uh, Break Up Notebook forward, and I and that is going to be the thing that really makes me because it was like a I was the lead of it, and I was this you know Mary Tyler Moore of lesbians sort of like oh my god I love that description. It was like trying to date and being sort of put upon and like uh-huh. mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, and but it was like that, but um. Uh, and and I uh, had just been dumped at this top, so you get to follow a girl who's just been dumped, and you just really just follow her journey and trying to date and and really trying to learn herself. It's a really cute cute uh, show yeah. with really really cool music. So all these things, and then um, one day at the at the <laughs> dressing table, my friend had a a magic eight ball, and I picked it up, and I was like, well, "Am I ever going to get back to Broadway?" And it said, no. <laughs> Not even <laughs> ask again later or looks doubtful or anything like that. It was, no. The magic eight ball can be cruel. Oh, my God. And I was like, fuck. Can I say that? Of course. Can I say fuck? Say it twice. Uh, fuck a fuck. 
fuck. I'm not going back to Broadway. And then I was like, oh, wow, I'm not going back to Broadway. So I started thinking like that. I was like, wow, I'm never going to make it back to Broadway. I can't believe Ring of Fire is going to be my only Broadway show. It's so funny because if it had said yes, definitely, you would not have believed it. But because it said no. No, I did believe it. I was like, I'm going back to Broadway. Like, this is just, I'm just like slumming it and off Broadway for a little bit. But I'm getting back to to the game. But no, it was like, no. Oh, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so when wh- when did you even begin to hear rumblings of Fun Home? Okay, so this journey has been crazy and amazing. Uh. So I was doing Breakup Notebook in its last last gasp for life out in Asbury Park, New Jersey. They were doing uh-huh. rewrites and seeing if it was like something because you know the world had changed yeah. since and weirdly you know I mean? Asbury Park is like great for theater and it's also like this little gay town it was really fun yeah. it was a really really crazy fun summer where we just you know um, did a really amazing lesbian show and there were people who come to Fun Home all the time who's like I saw you at Asbury Park it's That's like wow so it's so funny. weird I know so you think oh it's really Asbury Park but it really was really cool and, and we got a lot of good work done there Sort of under the radar, except for not exactly under the radar, because opening night, Lisa Crone, Lee uh. Silverman, and their respective partners um, were sitting in the audience. So wow, that's how this happened. Although Lisa just recently told me, she goes, I saw your one-woman show at Joe's Pub last time you did it. And she had seen Breakup Notebook before. She knows Patricia Cotter, who wrote Breakup Notebook. So they, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's a small community yes. in, in certain ways. So they kind of knew each other and were aware of the work and things like that. And um, so who knew? But then when I got home after going, well, that was that. And yeah. so that was, that is, it's dead. I mean, I could tell at the end of that run, it's like, this show is just not going to move anymore. Uh, It'll probably get done regionally, but it's yeah. just like, this is it. Yeah. You know, you can feel it. So um, I went home, and I was like, I'm really thinking about, like, applying to teach at colleges because I have that master's degree. And I was like, I'm going to go, you know, and I, Shelly and I, we love skiing. and Shelly's your wife. Yeah, and we, you know, we come from Colorado. So I was like, I'm going to start applying for um, – you know, university teaching jobs anywhere within 100 miles of a ski area. You know what wow, I mean? So yeah. I was like, this is our next thing. It'll be awesome. Yeah. I'll get tenure. We'll get insurance. And we'll Fireplace. Fireplace. Oh, my goodness. We love yeah. our dogs. We're just like, we're those, like, granola lesbians. So, okay. I'm, I'm thinking about put, putting in, you know, applications. In fact, I had started writing my curriculum vita. And I was like, oh, okay. This is what it's. Wow. Yeah. And I have it on my computer still. So just in case. And it's a backup plan. Um, That's the yeah, best. Yeah, it's good. Plus, yeah. you know, it's in the future still. Totally. I would like to, you know, maybe do that someday. But my phone rings and I was like, can you put yourself on tape for this thing, right? And so um, I received this. You live here at this point in New no, York I lived or you're in back LA. in LA? I'm back okay. in LA now. I'm sitting there in the valley just going, ugh. You know, because you can feel so isolated and you can feel so removed from any work that's being done yeah. when you're sitting in the middle of the valley. So this this thing comes through my inbox and it is literally like a bolt of lightning. I have the tracks still on my phone. Like, I hear Janine Tesori singing, I fucking hate beginnings. What's with that? It's only pen and ink. Before I poke my eye out with this pencil, don't overthink. Don't think, don't think, just draw. Right angle of the leg, mm-hmm. the gathers in his sweater. Are his glasses round? No, square across the top, bum, 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 half moons. And me, striped shirt, match, watching dad. Thought balloon. Daddy, comma, hey, daddy, come here, okay? Hey, daddy, come here, okay? I was like, what? I, did, I could cry. I'm just like, I got chills all over I my mean it. It was like that. It was like that. Light at the light at the light at the light. What are you doing, comma? 
I said, come here. You need to do what I tell you to do. You need to do what I tell you to do. This happened to me. Listen to this, me. Daddy, if nothing else happens here. to me in my life, right here, right this right fucking now. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing happened. And then this monologue, this bizarre, off-the-cuff, rambling monologue of Allison trying to work, trying to videotape herself while she takes a picture of herself, while she is podcasting, blogging, video blogging. You know, and it's like, okay, here's what, here's my process. Well, I put the camera here, and then I sit over here, and then I, what I do is like, well, first I used to do this. I used to do this, all this thing. I used to rip off these things from this newspaper, and now what I really do is I take pictures of myself, and then I draw things like that. And of course, Google search, Google search is an amazing thing for me. You know, it's like this rambling thing that it was pulled right off of the internet of this video blog that Allison, she she is an excessive video blogger. You know, so I there's didn't know that. a lot of material with Allison just like talking about her process. You can just watch Allison draw for hours on the internet if you oh want to. Oh, my God. Which is actually fucking fascinating. Yeah. Yes, that's so, where the rest of my life is going to go. No, it's <laughs> like, wait, it's like a vortex. Be careful. You'll get sucked oh into the rabbit God. hole. Oh, my God. So here I am putting this video camera in front of me, videotaping myself as if I'm Alison Bechtel. And I never even looked at the video blogs. I just used the material that they sent. But then they wrote back and they were like, yeah, we'd like you to do it. Just like, like yeah, just like that, and reading. I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to a reading in the public. That'll be cool. So, oh my god, mm-hmm, like out of the blue, and I'm working with Lisa Crone. Oh my god, I know. yeah, and Janita Sori, and I walked into that room and I was like, oh my god, and then you know, Sam showed up a week after we started. Sam showed up. Sam and, Gold, the director. Uh-huh, Sam Gold, and he starts asking questions like, well, what, what do you think this is? What do you think that is? I was like, well, I don't know. I was thinking, you know, this is what it's like when you're. Um, when you really are, you know, immersed in a project and you just really are trying to investigate it and get to the bottom of it. And he was like, yeah, that's right. You know, and the, and so we just had this open dialogue start about, like, what is it she's doing? You know, because you have to find what is she doing and why is she doing it? You know, it's not like, uh, and what happens to her? What is at stake and what does it cost? Uh-huh. You know, so all these things, you know, start to illuminate and and you know it was a long process there was that and then we went to Sundance and we here okay the first time I got the sense like this is crazy I got to Sundance I got my room assignment Cherry Jones is my roommate oh my god so I'm going up this windy mountain road and I'm looking at this log cabin in the middle of Park City Utah wherever the hell we are and then I'm like, oh my fucking god, this is crazy. And so just for, for people who don't know, Sundance does a theater lab. Yes. We're not we're not talking about like the Sundance Film Festival. No, theater, the theater lab. lab. Yeah. Yep, theater lab. And you know, you go and you for three weeks. We worked every other day because sometimes an actor is in two projects and you work every single day. But for me, I was in just fun home, so I worked every other day. We'd work and then the writers get a day to write, and then you work and then the writers get a day to write. So you know, I'd work and then I'd mountain bike. Oh and my then I'd God. work, and then I'd mom bike. The very first night, I'm in bed sleeping, and in the middle of the night, I hear the front door going, gung, gung, gung. I got up, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm in my pajamas. I open the door, and this woman standing on the other side, she goes, hi, I'm Cherry. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I know who you are. Oh and then God. now it's like a long, long and... I mean, she's our unofficial mascot. Cherry Jones is the fun home mascot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, like my if, God. If this was a team, she would be at the sidelines every night like wearing a giant, I don't know what. The very first night Cherry and I spent in that 
house, there was a hot tub, and we ended up like naked drinking brown liquor in that hot tub. Oh and my god, like, that's this so is amazing. the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. No one's ever gonna believe it. So I told everybody at breakfast, I was like, we were naked in the hot tub last night. Me and Cherry Jones naked in the hot tub last night under the stars. Okay, that is. She must have been the most amazing roommate ever. Oh, she she's an amazing human being. She yeah. really really loves life, and she has like an endless curiosity. That's what it is about Cherry. Like she doesn't care if it has to do with the business or not. Like, there was a wedding happening on the Sundance grounds, and she made it down to the wedding, and she goes, who's getting married? <laughs> who's getting married? And it's like, who cares? I know, totally. Who cares? She does. Cherry cares. That is so amazing. I know. She's just, like, curious. She's like, oh, how do you make that? Oh, you knit. I want to learn to knit. The best would be when you would like. I used to live in the village, and you would just see her on her bike with oh. her like her reflectors, <laughs> just like on her like wide handlebars. Like, hi, Cherry. I have a crazy long text. This is the length of texts, Cherry Joan texts. I'm going to show you. Hang on, I'm just going to like. You guys, I'm totally going to steal that phone number, so just don't worry. That's okay, but look, at. look at the length of oh text. Oh, my God. She's still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. <laughs> the lengths of the text. What is she saying? She's saying, I am on location <laughs> shooting transparent, and this is amazing, and oh, my God. I mean, she just, like, she doesn't edit. I don't know. She just is like, she has a keyboard. She flips out, and she's like, I could tell you a million things about Cherry Jones. I'm obsessed. Okay, so what was your relationship to Fun Home? Did you know the book? No. Like the, the graphic novel? No. You didn't know it? No. Did you read it before going to Sundance? Yes. Okay. I read it before going to the first thing. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is like I had this single panel cartoon stuck to my wall in my undergraduate bargain basement apartment. Um, and it was um, a Dykes to Watch Out For panel, but I had no idea who it was, or it was it was Marianne dissatisfied with the breakfast brew, uh-huh. that single panel cartoon. If oh, you haven't yeah, yeah. seen it, yes, yes, find yes, it. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's just like a disheveled woman with a coffee pot, and she's naked, and she has an infinity sign floating above her head inexplicably. You know? Yeah, I've she's seen like, this like in Provincetown. Right. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I had that, and then when I realized that that was her, I was just like, wow, this is really, this thing has been like a meteor and it was a million miles away then, and it was heading toward me this whole time. Yeah. And I had no idea, and it was heading right toward me, and it, boom, and it hit me when I'm this age. You know, it's just really amazing. It's as though it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. I feel like, Think oh, this has been far on the far reaches of space heading right at my heart the yeah. whole time. But I had no idea. And all those days when I was lost, yeah. all those days when I was, you know, just sort of, you know, I'd lost. You, you lose faith in yourself and, like, what you have to contribute even. You're like, what, you know, kind of artist am I? Maps show you what is simple and true. Try laying out a bird's eye view. Not what he told you, just what you see. What do you know that's not your dad's mythology? Dad was born on this farm. Here's our house. Here's the spot where he died. I can draw a circle. His whole life fits inside. 
I wanted to get your perspective on. We were talking to Michael Serverus about the trip that you guys took to stay at the house that was that where Allison, look, basically the where, where the show takes place. Yeah. And you and Michael and a few other cast members drove down to like spend the night there. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? So crazy because first of all there was this huge winter storm happening and I was like, you guys, we shouldn't go. And, and the service was like, we're going, you're gonna come. And so I was like, God, this is stupid. This is stupid. And then when we got there. Um, it was a beautiful but freezing day, and Allison was waiting in the driveway, jumping yeah. up and down as we pulled up the long driveway. She was she had spent the night there the night before with her wife and her brother Christian. Oh my god! And he slept in his old room. She slept in her old room, and she just said because it's owned by Mennonites now. Oh. Anyone can rent it. Anyone what? can rent this so thing. So do you have to rent the whole thing, or you can rent a room? in No, the place? it's empty. So you get the keys. It's cheap. it's cheap. It's like two hundred bucks for a night, <gasps> and you have this huge old. You know that we are taking it. I'm looking at producer Mike. We are going to the fun home. Producer Mike, you have to go. Yeah. It's really, really amazing. You can bring like 30 of your friends because there are that many beds. Oh my God. We're totally doing this. There's a ton of beds and a ton of bedrooms. Oh my God. It is really, it's exactly, it's exact. like the wallpaper is still there. Some of, some of the things like it's fun to go with Alice. And of course she goes, that's new. That's old. That's new. That's old. But you can pretty much look at anything in there and say, that's original. You can open up the book and look at the light fixtures in the kitchen. You can look at the linoleum scar where he threw the fucking cup. I have chill. I have chills. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you can look at the 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 hanging like crystal chandelier things around the soap dish in the downstairs bathroom that she draws. Oh you know, my God. It's like, you just have to take the book and you walk from room to room and you're like, oh my. God, oh my God, oh my God, it's crazy. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask you about, because I know Janine from the gym, so we take like serious workout classes She's together. She's not fucking around. She's the most amazing, amazing woman, but what, talk to me about working with her from the beginning to now. I mean, how intense is she in the rehearsal room? Oh my gosh, she's so... Oh, intense, but she's not putting anything on. She just really needs a lot of things. Uh She needs them all at once, and she needs them on a level that you have to go with her on or you don't get invited back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but without apology. You know, yeah. she's like, sorry, you're just not working as fast as I need you to work next. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. it's not like, nothing nope, nothing personal. We can totally get drinks, but you're fired. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's handled so many amazing things. Yeah. Um, you know, crazy, crazy, uh, you know, personality things that have happened to watch Janine sort of like clear-eyed go, I hear you. I don't want you to say that anymore, you know, <laughs> and please, you know, that's not welcome here. Uh-huh. I understand your feelings, but they're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not exactly like No, that. I know what I mean, you mean. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like, she's just, she's a really, really high-functioning human being. Um, God, but, that is such a good description. She's a very high-functioning human. Right. Yeah. This is the way it, it was. The fun, the world of Fun Home is full of high-functioning human beings. Yes. Lisa Crohn's high-functioning. Sam's high-functioning. Cherry's high-functioning. Yeah. Like, I put Cherry in with the rest of them because, you know, they're, she's, they're, it's like the parents of Fun Home, <laughs> fun home puppeteers. Um, and uh, they're just really, um, you know, they're working at the top of their game right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took them a long time to all get here, too. Yes. And so they just don't play. Yeah. And they don't have time. Yeah. It's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. It's just like we are on a mission, you guys. And a mission every single day to root out dishonesty and to to um, hone hone it down to its most essential elements. Yeah. And that is why the script is so tight because anything that wasn't moving it in in a direction 
it's like Rodan's hands. That's what it is like. Mm-hmm. It is like the hands of the, that he smashed off the thing. Yes, yeah. But um, instead of smashing them off, she just was like, okay, the hands are really good. Now we're going to make everything else as good as the hands. That's what Fun Home is. Yeah. It was, and it took forever. And it took forever. And it took throwing away perfectly good things that worked. I remember reading Tons a quote that like, Oscar Eustace was just like, I've never seen two people, Lisa and Janine, work so hard on anything and throw so much um, brilliant material out because it wasn't serving it to the end. That's right. I mean, there were so many amazing things. Songs that got cut that were just like, there's so many good songs yeah. in Trunks after after this thing. Um, the, the Fun Home has also been a lot of firsts. Like it was Lisa and Janine were the first like female composing team to win for best score. But also you you are playing the first ever lesbian protagonist in a Broadway musical. How is that for you? Sometimes it feels so... She looks like she's going to hit me. No, no, no. I just don't <laughs> understand like how I even feel about it. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I try to understand how I feel about it. And sometimes it's like, I've been working on it in such minutiae for so long that the fact that I'm a lesbian protagonist seems like um, really uninteresting. You know, it's like, okay, yes, of course. And moving on. Yeah, you know, yeah, But yeah, also, yeah, yeah. then when you zoom out... It is, like, the important thing about it. That yeah. It can be. Or as people try to make it the important thing about it. And I feel like it is a really important thing about it. Because every day when I walk out, people are thanking me. You know, thanking me. And I'm like, I didn't do it. I just show up and do the job. I'm so grateful that it's me that it landed on. But, I yeah. mean, it's really just luck here. Um, you know, I'm just... But I guess, you know, I mean, like, my trajectory did put me in that room because I was like, I'm just going to live really honest. I'm going to live really um, out, and I'm really going to investigate my own experience as, you know, a lesbian um, daughter and a, you know, and this is the themes that is all, like, all the things that I was investigating before Fun Home happened, you know, end up being really relevant. So, of course, I'm in the room for a reason, and I don't mean to belittle it like I usually do, but um, it it is, it is, um, it is historic, to be this person and to feel um, sort of singular. You know, there was definitely that time in the Tonys when Michael and Sydney and I were backstage and everybody was rushing around us in feathers and spangles and, yeah. like, glitter. And there were just, like, this sea of, like, colorful costumes. And then people just kept mistaking us for the crew. Because <laughs> it's like, where's your headset, lesbian? Where's your Leatherman? Totally. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, I'm headset right, so, yeah. uh, and go. Um, but, you know, it literally, if we, we, sit, we were sitting in the audience, and um, a stage manager came up to us and said, uh, who are you with? <laughs> and we were like, uh, we're with Fun Home. It's like, uh, where, it's like, we are Fun Home. Oh, 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 of course, of course. You know, it was like that. Oh, my God. I mean, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I know you have to go do a show. I do, do um, I? Yes. You got nominated for a Tony Award. I know, what? How was amazing. Crazy. It was amazing. Yeah. It really was amazing. Um, you know, there's so many ways in which that could have not happened. Mm-hmm. And for me, in my mind, I'm like, I always try to erase it like it didn't happen because it's like, <laughs> it's like so out of, out of the possibilities of, you know, my life, but... It was really amazing, and I had a blast. I had a really good time during the Tony season, just being in the room with people. It's like getting a key to a room where all your heroes are. Yeah, you get to yeah. it's like, oh, really? What? Cheeta Rivera's on the other side of the room. I get to go sit with her. Yeah. Oh, it's like permission to talk to people. Also, yeah. it's like, <laughs> totally, oh my god, now totally. I can just walk up and just talk to anybody because now I have permission. Hi, so, Helen Mirren. <laughs> I know, so so Helen, what you, what's up? You know, I did come in and I sat down next to Tyne Daly, and she goes, "What's up, Beth Malone?" And I was like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> And I said, I sat next to you in the makeup chair uh, in Judging Amy, and she goes, was I nice to you? 
<laughs> I can't even tell you how much I love judging Amy. I, I love that show. So oh, much. I know. Thank you very I much. Know. I was on it. Well, Beth Malone, we're going to let you go, not for any reason other than you have to go do a show. I just adore you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for thank being you. on our podcast. Um, and, and when Unsinking Molly, Molly Brown happens, you'll come back and talk to us again. Thank you. Thank have a great you. show. Bye. Bye. Say something. Talk to Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. Mike edited this episode. Special thanks, as always, to Bradley Bean, Steve Tipton, our webmaster, Keith Allen Herzog, Eric Emsch, Ellen Marie Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back in two weeks with the gorgeous, amazing, hilarious Megan Hilty. Ugh, I can't wait. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. where it has to happen. There must be some other chance.